When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. What are you listening to? Kendrick. Lamar? No, the other one. Dang it. Welcome to The Crunch, episode 77. We're lucky boys today. It is Ethan, a.k.a. Bropostle. And I'm Catholic Pat, and I am hashtag not a pagan, so I don't believe in luck. Oh. Luck is for the weak and the unbaptized. I was just saying, okay, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Cheery Times. Me and Patrick were just getting into a discussion about Black Panther. Um, if you listen to Catching Foxes, sorry, I know they already did a thing about it, but I want to talk to Pat about it. I was just telling him about my experience. So I was at I was at church, and I told somebody that I went to go see Black Panther, and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, isn't that the hot movie nowadays because of all that social justice? And I said, you do realize that social justice is an important component of church social doctrine, and you really shouldn't make fun of it. And he's like, oh, well, I was just like, uh, it's just kind of part of it. Like, uh. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Back away. <laughs> that hurts a little bit. That I know. Hurt. I kind of lit him on fire and yeah, left him. I left him there to burn in front of everybody. I didn't mean to do it, but come on, man. It was a good movie. I overall – literally. I liked it. There's literally a book thicker than the catechism about social teaching of yeah. the church. So you should you should read it. Yeah. Anyway, did you like it? You enjoyed it? Yes, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Good. Figured I was to go see it um like the night it came out and it's great because it was this really like it was this really empty theater cuz like it's this weird part of town so like no one no one was really there. It wasn't as packed as everywhere else. Uh-huh. So it was like it was nice. We got to go see it opening weekend and it wasn't super crowded. So yeah, besides that, the movie was awesome. I really liked it. Soundtrack was great. I listened to that the whole week leading up to it. Um, I didn't watch any trailers. Really? So I went into it like completely blind. Yeah, I don't watch trailers. boy. So it, um, I guess I could have deduced this from the, the, uh, the poster outside, but oh, wow. Spoilers, by the way. Wow. Sorry. I'm going to have to cut all that out. Yeah, sorry. We were just having a nice, pleasant discussion about our movie-going experience, and then Patrick just drops all these spoiler bombs on the audience. Much like... <laughs> gotta cut that out, too. <laughs> anyway. They they were successful. Anyway, they kind of they did the old switcheroo. Um, my, my, my comm professor, the chair of the department, pointed out that it was interesting how they didn't use any Nigerian actors, because, mm. like... Nigerian Hollywood, otherwise known as Nollywood, is um, second globally, right? Um, 
right 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 before Bollywood. So it's Hollywood Bollywood. Nollywood? Sorry, Hollywood Nollywood Bollywood. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I thought it was interesting how when I went to see the movie, um I I couldn't tell I couldn't tell if my seat had ever been cleaned uh before. Sorry, what? My chair was extremely dirty is what I'm saying. The chair that I sat in <laughs> to view the film. That was my main takeaway. I Here's the thing about the movie theaters in Manhattan, right? One of them is a super gotcha. nice IMAX, big screens, big boys, big screens. Bougie. And, and the, Bougie. Other, the other one on the other side of town is just this rundown, like, I – here's what – this they're so apathetic there that I could have just walked in and waved to the people taking tickets or, like, making you buy tickets and I could have just gone into the film and nobody would have said <laughs> anything. Nobody would have cared. It's there's no separation between anything. It was just yeah. It was you can't get water. They didn't have a soda fountain to get water out of. You had to get the water out of a drinking fountain, and they gave you cups smaller I mean, than my thumbs. <laughs> I, I was drinking out of thimbles. I, it- I was drinking out of thimbles, and the thimbles had holes in them. So I, you can imagine how difficult it was to keep water in there for more than two seconds. Why didn't you go to the nice one? Because uh, I didn't want it to be crowded. That that makes sense. Yeah, it was. You fun, get what though. you pay for. Even. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. It was cheap and it was good. Uh, anything else? Any other current events that you want to discuss? Just this is an open platform for anybody to talk about anything. In the movie vein, I finally went to go see The Greatest Showman yesterday at a drive-in movie theater, which oh, was yeah. awesome. The experience of going to a drive-in movie theater was better than the movie because I googled it, and it turns out P.T. Barnum was a horrible person. <laughs> what? He was so bad. That's he almost owned like owned people and used them to make money because they looked weird. That's almost How like making a movie celebrate this person. It's almost like making a musical about uh, an American politician who undoubtedly was just as bad as P.T. Barnum. Oh, wait, they did that. It's called Hamilton. I'm oh, just, my God. I'm dunking on everybody today. This weird. We have this weird like lens of American history that we like to look through. We like to look through it at red, white, and blue lenses, and it's like, uh-huh. remember how awesome we are? It's so great, and I'm so glad that these movies are like global sensations. That like mm-hmm. the fact that Hamilton is playing on London's West End is the funniest thing in the world to me. <laughs> I mean, if you take like, anything, it's legit. <laughs> you take anything, you remove it a couple hundred years, like it's pretty easy to make fun of you know man like the american revolution man that was silly see how easy that was i don't know what i'm talking about anyway yeah pt barn was and and the the, the funniest part about the movie it starts out with like an interview with with hugh jackman and zach efron saying like yeah we like really look up to this guy and i'm like Yikes! Well, it's um, almost that's let's, really easy let's talk for you about to this. Say. Oh yeah, we really look up to PC Barnum. You want to know why? Because Hollywood works the same way in that they own people and they make them. Do <laughs> they tr- own people. They make and them they do- exploit people. And hey, Zach Efron, if you do this trick, you'll you'll toss you a peanut. And Zach Efron says, "Woof bark! Here I go. I've got bark, I'm good. I've got pectoral muscles. I'm Zach Efron. High School Musical. Hollywood Hollywood operates the same way as PT Barnum. I never considered that. That's a good point." Which is why I enjoy this type of media because nobody controls us. Nobody owns us. Nobody, nobody owns this. I don't have a boss. There was a, there was a Saturday Night Live sketch that was like mock, mocking. Um, it was mocking the top four media companies in America, and NBC canceled it. They cut it from production. They wouldn't let it go up. <laughs> Free speech. 
Unless your you boss decides that you can't. <laughs> what other Man. what other musicals is Hollywood like? Les Mis. Hollywood is like a small boy that gets shot in battle in a street on a <laughs> on a pile of wooden furniture. Um, well, because like Les Mis is about the French Revolution, which um, is what started. Uh, the Sound um, of Music. Hollywood is like an angry Austrian man who uses a whistle to summon his children. <laughs> um, what else do we got? Oh, here's a good one. Disney musicals. Disney musicals. Hollywood is like a hack that just keeps getting resurrected and just won't stay dead. Wow. Oh, man. I just, ah, gosh, Disney just won't let its copyright die. That's true. They just don't want it. Yeah. It's like we can't let it go. West Side Story. Hollywood is like two gangs that strut and snap and <laughs> compete <laughs> compete for women. And then... Uh, and they hate Puerto Ricans. Yeah. Yeah. This is bad podcasting. This is good podcasting. We need to start. The, <laughs> let's start the topic. What are we talking about today, Pat? Are we? Do we have a topic? Are we doing? Um, anything? We're talking about what we promised. We we promised four we were going to talk about ago. grace. Like two, yeah, four weeks ago, and in my sacraments class, we were talking about grace, and so I was about to just like take that about to take that water that Franciscan University is pouring into my little theological gullet that I'm paying money for, and I was just going to like take it like a pelican. And then fly over to the nest. And then I was going to gather the flock and then then back into your mouth. So I was going to take my knowledge and give it to you. But now a couple of weeks have gone by and we've moved on. I've forgotten most stuff. Did you like the pelican analogy? Well, the pelican analogy was good. I'm just concerned about the little noise that you made and how much effort it's going to take for me to cut that out <laughs> and then make it my ringtone. <laughs> so I got to work on that now. That's another – that's added to my to-do list is – it's actually very easy. You can use it with a simple app. You can uh, download it as a song onto your phone, and then you use this app to turn it into a what? Anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Where did, where did we start with the idea for a podcast on grace, Patrick? Why did we come up with an idea for a podcast on grace? Yeah. Well. You're, you're the one that's supposed to lead this rodeo. Oh, no. I didn't realize. All right, cool. So... <laughs> <clears throat> Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Theology Cast. Oh, the Theology. Man, we're doing I'm it. Patrick Nebby. We're doing bad podcasting. <laughs> I'm your host. I'm your host, Ira Glass, filling in for Patrick Nebby. Are you Ira Ray? Who wants to know? Um. So there's two types of grace. As like a background to all of this, there is charismatic grace, or in Latin, gratia gratis data. I prefer which means- traditional grace. I knew you were going to make that joke. You anyway. Sorry, the Latin that predict- is predictable. I'm sorry. Gratia gratis data, and then there's sanctifying grace, which is gratia gratum faciens, which is grace which makes us pleasing. Okay, so charismatic grace is grace freely given, and that's any kind of grace that like allows you to. Um, uh, that's the grace that like, you know, the phrase "grace blows like the wind." No, the Holy Spirit blows. It goes where it wills. You know, so it's like, like any anybody can get this grace. It's not you don't need you don't need to be baptized to have this kind of charismatic grace. Charismatic, which is, it's weird. It's a weird phrase because charismatic comes from the Greek word Cairo. No, yeah. yes, which means grace. So it's kind of like gracey grace. Oh yeah, totally like juicy juice, juicy juice, like <laughs> juicy fruits, like yeah, fruity tooties. So- it's like the fruit by the foot. 
Um, yes. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Else and then there's wrong. sanctifying grace. There's sanctifying grace, which splits into actual grace and habitual grace. Okay. And habitual grace is, um, it's quasi permanent and it is the, the quote, the deposit of divine life in your soul. So mm. habitual grace is what you're talking about when you say someone is in a state of grace. That means that like divine life dwells within you and you lose it if you mortally sin. That's the that's the whole state of grace. Thing. Do you is it like Actual, a is it like a whole thing that's lost? Like you lose all of that habitual grace if you mortally sin? Like so, so or if like if I venial sin, do I just lose some of the habitual grace? It's tough because you can't really quantify grace. I know. But the grace isn't being actualized within you. And that's a good Mm -hmm. word because the word actual grace is the grace that um, is put into your soul when you uh, – so it's it's, uh, supernatural promptings which motivate us to act. So like I'm going to pray a rosary. The act of praying the rosary is an actual grace. And the graces that come about from that action are also graces. Um, and then if you have the habit of praying rosaries, that's a habitual grace. So, no, I don't think you lose all of your habitual grace if you mortally sin. But, no, wait, I think you do. Hold on. But if you venially sin, you So, your baptism. Okay, baptism. No, Bringing it back. So, your, your, bapti- your baptism gives a, a character. That's what it's called. So, your baptism gives you a, a spiritual character that you cannot lose. That's the indelible mark on your soul that right. we all have heard a thousand times. Of course. And um, that's the so that's something that you cannot lose. So it's kind of like it's kind of like you're getting drained, and that's the foundation. And then that baptismal character allows you to receive the sacrament of penance, which then restores a certain amount of habitual grace. But you need to be disposed to habitual grace, which means that your heart is open more yeah. to receiving more grace because the habitual grace is like a virtue, right? If you it, it it comes from the word habit, like you have the habit of brushing your teeth, right? Like, and so if you wake up in the morning and you forget to brush your teeth when you leave, you have this weird like taste in your mouth, and you're like, I definitely forgot to do something, and it's something that's not normal to you. Do that enough times, you lose that habit. Mm. You get used to the disgusting feeling in your mouth, and you don't care that you didn't brush your teeth, and all of your friends smell your bad breath, and they don't hang out with you anymore. It's similar with grace. If you have this habit of, say, chastity. And then all of a sudden you look at someone in lust. You're like, oh, wow, that was weird. I don't want to do that again. You ignore that voice too much. That grace starts to go away and you erode it. That's a venial sin. Venial sin is the erosion of grace. And you don't want to say that like venial sin isn't going to get rid of all of your grace. You'll still have some left. It's going to erode it until you hit a mortal sin. And it's just it's a, it's going to lead you to mortal sin. That's exactly what venial sin does. Dang. Um, but you you need so you need to work up the grace to get rid of it. And so. That's actually what we're doing during Lent is we're building up that habit of acting in grace and we're, we're uh, taking on penances that increase in us those habits that we want to, um, that we want to increase in. So, so this is good. I'm, that's, uh, yes, I'm glad you said all of that because I think it's very important to get down definitions, one, and two, a lot of people, at least people our age, don't necessarily know this they don't understand well they hear grace and they're like oh yes it's it's yeah, like a little a catholic they, thing that you should know they think of grace as a, this little perfume that god just kind of spritzes on us like after we see communion or whatever it's just like ah d- d- lemony fresh kapah. 
and then you're you know you're good it's the mr clean comes by and scrubby sponges you and that's i mean that in a sense maybe yes but also like that kind of distorts our view of of sin and everything and i think back to like kind of my reconversion story that i've told maybe once or twice on the podcast but like grace definitely played a big part and i had a total misunderstanding of grace but eventually the misunderstanding led to an understanding so like i can go back in my journal um so if you don't know i uh was living in some pretty serious sin um my freshman and first half of my sophomore year of college and i went to a latin mass with a friend of mine and the homily was about the wedding at cana and it was about how the servants who brought the jugs of water back to jesus um like they were so critical in the miracle because if they did not have the nature of servitude, the nature of being servants, then Jesus could could not have used grace to build upon that nature. Right? That's where we get the whole grace builds on nature um, phrase. And I kind of misunderstood it and I wrote down – this is so wrong, Patrick. I made such a boo-boo in my journal. I wrote down in very big letters <laughs> – oh, gosh, saying it so – makes me so bad – is um, uh, divine grace requires – human effort and which is not correct that is so false um wait sorry i missed that last part divine grace divine grace requires what human effort hmm which yeah yeah that's wrong i yeah i know (laughs) i know i know it's wrong and because i had this flawed understanding of what grace was right um i thought mistakenly and i've learned how wrong this is so like in the past year or so of that i had to earn grace but I don't have to do anything Ooh. to earn grace because, like you said, it's it's where the wind goes. It's freely given, right? I can do things that assist me in receiving grace, such as going to the sacraments, not sinning, um, going to confession, all of those sorts of things, right? Right. But at the same time, I'm not doing anything to earn those. That is a gift that I have to receive from God that is giving it to me. And I think my problem was in the times that I was sitting, you know, at the beginning of college, I was not, or, and even just after, um, kind of, I had that reconversion moment where I missed, totally misunderstood what grace was all about. I did not have the disposition of receptivity for that grace. And I think this is, this is where the link was with the last podcast is talking about how, uh, we need to treat our relationship with God as a gift and we should have a heart of receptivity when we're praying. I did not have a heart of receptivity as far as grace goes. Like I had gone to Catholic church my whole life, gone to mass, gone to the sacraments and everything. But like, had I ever really received that grace? Um, I made a first step. It was a, it was a very misguided and incorrect step, but it was a first step and it led to more steps and more steps and more steps. And eventually I learned, right? So I think that the biggest problem as far as grace goes is one, we don't know what it is. Right. And two, we're not receptive to it. We do not have an open heart to allowing grace in and then letting it change the way that we live. At least that's kind of what I've seen in my own life. I don't, I don't think we know how grace works through us. Um, we, I think, have been formed by a both Protestant, also the vein of, um, evangelical protestantism in terms of our way of understanding god's grace so according to martin luther we are snow-covered dung like we're just 
what what happens when you're baptized is God puts on rose colored glasses and looks at you and says, "Oh, now I look at you cool. You know, I I like I like you now." Um, <laughs> according to him, the crucifixion, God poured out His wrath upon Jesus and now has no more wrath left for us. That is Whoa. horrifying. That is a terrible way to look at God. God doesn't have this like store of wrath that like every sin like pokes him and he gets madder and madder and madder until he just punches his son in the face. And he's like, all right, cool. I'm done. I've, oh, wow. I've kind of let it out. Like, no, that's absolutely horrendous. That's how, that's how an abusive father works. And we all know that anger does not subside. It's because he hits someone. It just right. gets worse and worse and worse later down the line. Yeah. So it's the same thing with grace. Like God doesn't have this like infinite, this, God, sorry, no, God has an infinite sort of grace. God doesn't have this like storehouse of grace. I once heard Joel Osteen say, so Here buckle up, that God, God has a warehouse <laughs> full of boxes and you, and you're going to get to heaven someday and, and you're going to say, God, like, why didn't you bless me more in my life? And then he's going to sell, he's going to show you his storehouse and he's going to say, all you had to do was ask for it. No, God doesn't have a bunch of boxes with your name on them waiting for you to pray for him. And that's how he answers prayers. No, he's got that. God is Santa oh, Claus. God just, is I, Santa Claus up in heaven right now. He is Santa <laughs> Claus. He is Santa Claus. We aren't good at understanding what he wants from us. It's also not uh, your all. Your heart is also. Joel not Osteen some, like, is a heretic. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> It's uh your your heart isn't also isn't just like a hole waiting to be filled with grace. So like any any analogy for speak for, for grace yourself, Patrick. That <laughs> it's 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 t- it's like that's a better analogy. But any analogy that has your your heart um being filled, any kind of analogy that shows grace as a physical, tangible thing is going to be further removed from what grace is. Do you know what I'm saying? Isn't the whole thing so, like, it's, though? It's better. It's nowadays to say that grace is tangible. And that's like a thing. In what way? Like I just – one of our focus missionaries has that on her shirt. It says grace is tangible. And like I know that's a phrase that gets tossed around, but I don't necessarily know what it means. Well, I think I think I agree with her in the sense that grace is something that is actual. Okay. It's like it's – and in terms of actual, it's something that is acted. It is something that is seeable – um in its fruit Mm. yeah it's like it's not something that um it's a tree grace is the root we are the trunk and then grace is shown through our fruits like we're we're unable to produce we don't have the power to produce these things yeah and then through grace we now have a power it's father mike schmitz compares it to captain america like he he uses marvel superheroes as a metaphor for our baptism which is so fun Mm -hmm. he's like a lot of us think about it as Captain America, or sorry, a lot of us think of it as Iron Man, right? Like he puts on the suit, flies around, but like, who are you without the suit? You're nothing. That's that's how some people view their baptism. Um, some people view their baptism as the Hulk. It's this uncontrollable thing that, like, all of a sudden it just happens to you, and then you can you have this superpower for like ten minutes, but then you calm down and it's gone. Um, some people view it as Thor. It's something that you have control over. That's less people, but. It is Captain America. It's like this this weak person that had the that had the moral disposition. Mm. He was strong of heart, yes. and he was made through that. He was made worthy, right? So, like worthiness is something that I'll probably talk about in a second. But um, he had this ability to receive grace. He was not an impediment to the grace, and then he was put in this machine, then infused 
which is which is perfect because that's what we are. We're infused with grace at our baptism, and it's a permanent change that we can increase through like exercise, right? But we can never go back to how we were before. That's what our baptism does, and that's the, that's the that's the foundation of grace is baptism. Um, yeah, it's it, it's more of like your heart is like this shriveled up, weak raisin unable to sop up moisture on its own no matter how hard it tries any kind of moisture it gets is like just luck right there's no there's no real reason for it to suck up any moisture but then god comes down and just infuses it with water and just all of a sudden now has the power of it just has this like this full um juice you know to it uh, i think that's more what grace is okay I, we've circled back around to juice and i think juice is probably the best metaphor for grace um, get juiced. Get juiced on Jesus. Get juiced on Jesus. Jesus juice. Juice up your jock with jock juice. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's a deep cut. Um, I think juice is good because it's. Think about it. You get up in the morning and you've got your apple juice. You've got your orange juice. You've got your grape juice. Not together though. Not together. They're separate. That's charismatic. That's habitual. That's actual. Those are three kinds of juices, three kinds of graces. Look at me. I'm on stage at Steubenville talking about grace right now. <laughs> These are my fun juice metaphors that I would use for the teens so that they understood. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Gracie Grace, kind of like Juicy Juice, Gracie and all the hi- all the hip kids are like, Whoa. "Oh man, he knows what hey. he's talking about." Hey. I bet he eats fries and, and <laughs> do you know where I can smoothie? Do you know where I can get some Juicy Juice? Are you selling? Are you selling any Juicy Juice? Can I get some of that? Get your, can I get that Juicy Juice? Anyway, and then all of a sudden, get juiced on Jesus. Five go. <laughs> I think I think this idea changes how we live because yes. we, you can, we can say metaphors until we're blue in the face, but it's not something that you really can understand by just us talking to you through your headphones right now. It is something that you have to take to prayer and say, God, where, where has, have I used your grace? Where have I actualized that grace? Like, where is that? Where have I taken advantage of the grace that you've given me? Where do I need grace in my life? Uh, where have I said no to your grace? Like I think back to the times before where I clearly was saying no um, to the grace of God. Uh, where do I need to form better habits? Where do I need to be more willing to accept kind of the, the gracey grace where it comes? Um, all of those kinds of things are things that you need to work out between you and God. Those are not things that you can just like learn, you know, but like once you have the foundation to understand what it actually means, then it, then it changes. Um, kind of how things are viewed. And then this all goes into like salvation and how we're saved and why we're saved. And it really helps if you get into conversations with people just about like, how do you 
like, how do you think about salvation? How do you think about this? How do you think about that? Because when we say that we're justified by grace, it's, it's by this gift of God and not by, not by anything we do, not by the fact that we do good works or the fact that we have faith, but the fact that it is a gift that is given from God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think uh, if we keep looking at grace, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. If we keep looking at grace as the Hulk, which is well, another thing that we we are kind of influenced by um, mainline Protestantism is like this um, the gift of prophecy, right? The <laughs> gift of um, the gift of tongues. All these things, like you know, uh, these gifts are not something that just happen to you. Whenever God wants, He needs your permission. Mm. So, like. It's, it's, it's like, it's like if someone's shaving their face, God forbid I shave my face. Who's shaving? What's shaving my face? Me or the razor? It's both (laughs) in tandem, right? Like there's no, (laughs) who is shaving my face right now? The razor. They take my eyes shut. Who's who's shaving my face? Please. I can't see. (laughs) I can't see because my eyes are taped shut. Somebody's shaving my face. Is that a straight raise? I'm using my eyes, Johnson. Are you using that straight raise right now? Hey. Hey, watch out for my cheekbone. It's very strong and large. Are you shaving my face right now? Cut it out. I know it's you. Like I know it's I know it's you, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, stop shaving my face. Leave me alone. Leave me alone, Bill Clinton. I know, I know, I know it's you. <laughs> and then and you're always there watching. And because you talk so much since in nineteen ninety two. Because you talk so much always while there. Bill Clinton was shaving your face, you have forty cuts all over your chin and cheekbones. And then Bill Clinton says, Well, I'm sorry, I just tried to shave your face. And then the end. That's the end of my story. Carry yeah, that's on. That's the end of the bit. Carry on. So, the the you have to work in tandem with God's grace. But what we don't understand is that we can. Um, so the the sorry the gift of tongues of the apostles, from this is what my sacraments professor said. He's like, all right, here's the deal. Based on what we know from Scripture, gifts like prophecy, gifts like speaking in tongues, were gifts given to people that they were able to call upon God to use at will. So like, it's something that, um, and it was, inte- and the gift of tongues was intelligible, like languages currently, you know, like languages that they hadn't studied before. They were able to just speak and understand, and people understood them and they understood themselves. So El that, perro that loco. was a gift of tongues. <laughs> Mariel gave me so much crap about that that conversation about Spanish. Gift of tongues. Um, I got it. So, like, if you all of a sudden start speaking Spanish and someone that speaks Spanish fluently understands you, hey, look, that's the gift of tongues, right? Um, but it's not. Yeah. So it's like th- these are these are these are the charismatic gifts that we're talking about, and that's the kind. That's what we have to kind of. That's what we have to understand is grace, not random sporadic instances of, of um uncontrollability because like that's not it's that's not, not who our god is you yeah, know that's yeah it, he's not he's not someone that hits us at random you know like if you i want to talk about mary next because she's the pinnacle of grace obviously wow but she, she even even her who would never say no to something that god wanted to do even he asked her you know she couldn't conceive the lord without her permission you know, that was just, God will never infringe upon your free will. So, like, 
I, 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 I even I'm sure if people have had speaking in tongues experiences in our audience, I'm sure they have. I'm sure that you would agree with me and say that it's not something that God just forces upon you. Yeah. And it's something that like if you don't have it, you can ask for it, but understand like that's okay. Mm-hmm. God has blessed you in other ways because something else that is a gift of the Holy Spirit that we don't understand is, is wisdom and understanding is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So you ever like read scripture and you made a connection to something in the Old Testament, that's because of your baptismal grace. They, people couldn't do that before. When Jesus was like, I'm going to, the only sign that will be given to you is the sign of Jonah. They're like, what? Oh, are there going to be, oh, we're going to have a fish fry? Is yeah, that why a fish, McDonald's, what? Is that why people were so stupid in the New Testament when Jesus would say stuff to them? Yeah, because they didn't have their baptismal grace. Dang. Because it's like, they didn't we're, have, they didn't we're looking back now, and I am by no means a scripture scholar, but like, I'm reading this, and I'm like, these fools knew the scriptures. Like, they knew the Psalms, and they knew, like, the back of their hand. And when Jesus would say something, they'd be like, hmm? Huh? What? Did you? But then you huh? look at the first, the first book of Peter, the first letter of St. Peter, and he's like, the water that purified the earth in in the flood through your baptism that is how you are purified today and it's like peter when did you get this smart you're a fisherman you're like a 70 year old fisherman what the heck that's that well that, that that's more ascribed to pentecost and the gifts of the holy spirit but that's that's a habitual grace that you can receive mm. and that you can work on so when you're working on your understanding of scripture that's why the that's why the medieval theologians saw theological study as prayer because they knew it wasn't them growing in their book knowledge and their ability to understand cool little patterns in scripture. They knew that it was striking their heart and it was growing the habitual grace they were given and that they were expanding their gracious capacity to understand the word of God, Mm -hmm. which by nature, the word of God, the second person of the Trinity is not something that can be understood by human reason alone. St. Alphonsus. So that's what you need to focus on. Don't focus on St. Alphonsus tells us that he who prays more receives more. And I Ooh. think, yeah, which he's a doctor of the church, by the way. Shout out. Um, <laughs> shout out doctors. Shout out doctors. Um, but I think that is, that's profound, especially when we're looking at it from this angle of grace, is that if I pray with scripture more, even if I'm just reading the gospels again, you know, or reading through the Old Testament or reading through the Psalms or reading through the letters, whatever I'm reading through, if I'm just reading it and I'm praying with it and I'm being sincere and honest in it, then the next time I read that, I'll have a deeper understanding of that, right? The next time I, even just the next chapter that I read, I'll have a deeper understanding because I'm praying more. Therefore, there are graces attached to that prayer. There are graces attached to even the most insignificant of prayers, they they don't even have to, they don't have to be these big huge like you don't have to say a whole rosary to get some type of actual grace you know what I mean like it can just I would yeah and there's like and there's no it, measure either am I incorrect yeah there is no measure so like I I don't think I'm incorrect in saying like you could read one word of scripture and still receive actual grace you know yes absolutely so like there's, God God can hear the ten the ten second prayer of a plummeting airline pilot throughout eternity yeah and he can he can hear the hour the holy hour by a uh, a monk who's just dead in his faith, mm. he'll look at it for one second and turn away because he understands it's not, there's nothing inside of it. Dang. It's not, it's not about the material, um, 
reality because God doesn't see the material reality. He sees the heart and he sees, he sees the grace that he has put in your heart himself mm-hmm. and he sees it reflected back to him. But um, only, but only if we choose that, to reflect it back to him, like it's, it's, oh yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Yeah. You can inhibit God's grace. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, you can inhibit God's grace. And I think that's clear um, to us at the times. If we look back, like when were we inhibiting God's grace? That should be a pretty easy uh, fill in the blank for us. At least, <laughs> at least yeah. for me, it is. Like even just in the past week, where are times when I inhibited God's grace? Oh yeah, when I didn't do this, when I didn't do that. And God will show us those things because He wants us to not act that way anymore. You know, <laughs> He wants you to be better. He yeah. wants us to be better. Believe it or not. God loves you. He loves us so much. And he, he gives us all this juicy juice, and we're like, oh, I guess I'll just have some more milk. No, you idiot. Drink the juicy juice that God gave you. He made it. He mashed it up with his feet. It drained down from the heavens. It's put in your cup right in front of you. Drink it. That's all I'm saying. I made this for you. I made this for you. Um, if we want to understand how grace works, because you have this, you have this, like, this uh, model of, um, asking and then receiving it's like and that's intercessory prayer right like that that's something that it's kind of like a, an up and down triangle sort of thing so imagine a triangle right oh, here it's we like, go you're Patrick, at one you're point, killing it with the with the metaphors today thank you yes it's all it's all for my class actually um <laughs> you're at the, you're at one point of the triangle and then god's at the top and then the result is at the bottom right so it's like it's you you're like hey god can you do this and then god does it right mm-hmm. so um there's there's a that second edge of the triangle the hypotenuse if you will um, maybe if you imagine a right triangle, uh, that hypotenuse, there's, there's usually s- some intermediary between point God and point, you know, results, um, <laughs> in, in the sacraments, in the sacraments, there is no you, there's no point a, it's just God has given this power through the sacraments, uses the instrument of the priest to administer it. And the power happens, um, through, through intercessory prayer, we ask for him to do it. And then he does it through stuff. So that, that's, that's, I don't want to change about intercessory prayer. Um, certain methods of God's grace, like God doesn't need your intercession to do something, you know, like that definitely, like the intercession is really, you know, more for you and your ability to open up and receive that result. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so not like, for instance, like, oh, go ahead. So for instance, the Israelites, they needed to pray for the Messiah to come. Um, not because God, like God could have just the Messiah right on the ground, right? But they needed to open themselves up to receive. They needed 5,000 years of constant prayer in order to, um, dispose themselves to receive the Messiah. The God, God's preferred method of grace is seen in the, uh, in the Immaculate Conception. Mm. Um, Mary did not, uh, intercede and ask for her Immaculate Conception. She didn't exist before that. Um, But God still filled her with his grace completely. And she saw that. And so she therefore attributes it to to God in her uh, Magnificat. I don't know why I brought that up, but I wanted to talk about Mary because she's the best. And also Phoebe and I were having a conversation about Mary and mercy before this. And it kind of went in line with what I was thinking about in terms of preparing for this show about grace. You sound like you're about to say something. You should say it. Hail Mary, full of juicy juice. <laughs> That's it. That's all I wanted to say. That was the whole bit. I well, I was going to say something. I wanted to say before, but I can't remember. It was about the intercessory right, prayer and 
cultivating receptivity, but you basically said it all. So I couldn't, I can't think of, yeah, I can't think of what I was going to say. Sorry. Ruining the podcast one day at a time. It's fine. Grace habituates us to receive more grace. Grace builds upon nature and then keeps building upon more grace. Um, Mary's immaculate conception gave her the power to say yes. Dang. At the Annunciation. Um, we talked about it. We talked about it last week, didn't we? We talked about. We did. Um, ask mm-hmm. Mary asking to be shot in the foot. I brought that up. You did to Phoebe too. Is and and um, my one of my professors brought it up too. He was like, because he listened to our podcast. Dropping my baby is never. Yeah, because he listened to it. No. Oh, I was about to say. <laughs> he brought up something similar. He's like dropping my baby never occurred to me because you know it's it's my baby. I love it. I would never do that. Mm. So like, it, does that make me less free? It's like no. It's it's there's freedom in. God asking you to do something and you immediately saying yes. So that I think that's what we need to think about when we think of free will and our participation in grace is that if we continue to cultivate the grace within us, if we continue to allow God to like pour himself into us, it's less likely that we're going to um, resist grace later. You know, it's like when, when Mary, when the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and she said, he says like, will you do this? Mm. She's like, of course. It's like being asked, will you please not shoot yourself in the foot? It's like, yeah. of course. I would never shoot myself in the foot. Will you please, I would never say no to Jesus. Will you please eat this meal and continue to sustain your life? Uh, well, yeah. You know, like, uh, duh. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. And that's, again, this this also ties in with what we talked about a little bit last week, but I think it, it bears repeating because it's so good, is that our, at least in my life, it's gotten so much easier to say yes to God and no to sin because I've been made more aware of how grace is present in my life, right? And I have to be constantly reminded of that yeah. or else I start sinning. And then I go to confession and I'm reminded <laughs> of grace again. So it's it's something that it should be reflected upon regularly because if we forget, if we forget that this grace is this real thing that's always around us and it's always something that we can receive with just a little, like all you gotta do is ask. All you gotta do is ask. All you gotta do is ask and be open. Like in the mornings when I'm getting up, I'm saying, Lord, give me the grace to go get in the dang shower. And then even though that's something small and totally insignificant, I get in the shower. And I didn't definitely didn't do that on my own. So Boom. It's it does not have to be a big thing. It's it's living with God every single day and making God your best freaking friend. Making being with Jesus always. Because Jesus is yes. the fountain. Jesus is the fountain of all grace. Like he is the he is the wellspring of grace. He is the head from which all grace flows. Right. This is what we were talking about earlier. Because the you know the people they couldn't they couldn't understand anything that he was saying because he hadn't he hadn't died and resurrected and done all that whole thing yet. Uh, <laughs> but now that no. he has now that he has done that thing, right? Mm. We and we this also goes into a, a whole thing about like Christ's humanity. And like us being in brotherhood with Christ and like the, his connection between us and he's the connection between us and God. And that's the whole reason that any of this grace thing is possible is because of Christ's sacrifice and because of it's crazy. I don't know how to explain it all adequately, but begging Christ. You're doing a good job. Thank you. But asking Christ for this grace because of what he did while he was on earth and his position as the son of God and brother to us. That is what gives us the strength 
to be Christians in this world. That is what he intended. That's what he wants from us. And so that's what we have to do is to be so close with Christ, so close to his heart that we can just say, Lord Jesus, give us the grace to get through this. Give me the grace to do this. Give me the grace to do that. And then being completely trusting that he will give it to you because it's like you're asking your parent, like, mom, give me a glass of water. I'm thirsty. And then your mom will get you a glass of water because she loves you. She doesn't want you to die, right? Even more so, Jesus will never say, like your mom might say, go get it yourself. Jesus will never say, go get it yourself. Jesus will say, of course, here. And all you have to do is- Because you're capable of getting water yourself. Yes, you're capable of getting water. But you're not capable of getting grace And all you have to do is to ask and be receptive. And God has set it up so that when you do that, it'll happen. And that's it. Like that's, it's simple. It's so complex. We just talked about it for 45 minutes. It's so complex, but at the end, it's so simple. And that's what we got. Because God is both complex and simple at the same time. He's, he's somplex. (laughs) Just made up a new word. You heard it here first, folks. Heard it here first. All right. Eden Stevie, 34th doctor of the church. Um, (laughs) There's 36. I'd be the 37th. Okay. Sorry. So, yeah, my kind of in in my my little closing thing, I hope that what you guys get out of this podcast forever is what I get out of this podcast. And that is um like a a, a spirit of receptivity and like asking God to uh, I don't really know how to say this. I get so much out of this every week and it's only because I pray about it the next day after our conversation and like throughout the week. Um and so like if, if something if something in the podcast strikes your heart, don't forget to like write it down and ask God for the grace of remembrance. Well, um, in, in Israel, they when when Joshua took the Israelites across the Jordan. Every um, every single tribe, every one of the 12 tribes took a stone from the bottom of the Jordan River and took it with them as a remembrance of crossing into the promised land. When David defeated Goliath, he took the five stones that he used, the one that he used and the four others, and he kept them as a remembrance. Um, For the Israelites, to forget is to die. And to forget, like Ethan said, to forget about grace is to die. To forget about something that the Holy Spirit has done in your life is to die. And I don't want you to die. I want you to keep living so you can listen to the crunch more. Do you remember the crunch episode where the they talked about episode of the crunch grace? Okay. That was good. We both went the same different directions, but it was good. It all ended up. Um, I get something out of this podcast every week because I rewired the Patreon money to go directly to my bank account. So <laughs> it's funny because it's the exact opposite. The Patreon yeah, that's money true. Is in my name. Uh, Patrick, give them, give them the deets on on our stuff on our ish if they want more of us if they want less of us they can just turn it off right now but i'm gonna find uh, crunch of the week real quick stay tuned for the crunch of the week stay so tuned. you can find me and ethan individually you can find me on twitter at catholic pat or ethan at bro Postle. you can find us at on twitter both of us we don't tweet from that account much but uh, who knows you should follow it just in case we do <laughs> um we have we got facebook.com slash the crunch if you're you know over the age of 20 and you use facebook still um that was mean <laughs> uh you follow us on facebook please i still use facebook and uh you can follow us on instagram me at patrick nevy i i i you can follow ethan at ethan stevie 
And you can go on our website if you're over the age of 50 and see these websites, uh, www.thecrunchcast.com. And did I, am I missing anything? Patreon.com slash the crunch. I'm, I'm having trouble getting to the this new app thing. What else is new? I know. I'm sorry. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. 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 To the very bottom, if you want to leave a review for us that we can read out on the episode that's on iTunes is where we pull those from. We prefer five-star reviews, but if you don't think there were five stars, give us one star. Give us two. Give us three. We don't care. Um, I'm worried that I've read some of these before because we don't have any new ones since last week. Ah, I see. Yeah. Here, I don't think we ever read this one. Oh, cool. This is from... K. Lou, 1995, Gateway Drug of Podcasts. Coming up on my one-year anniversary of listening to you guys, and you've led me to some other amazing Catholic podcasts. Keep fighting the good fight and bringing Christ to youngsters in a refreshing and lighthearted way. Boom. Thank you, K. Lou, 1995. We appreciate the support, and we're glad that we have introduced you to much better uh, and heavy-hearted podcasts rather than this lighthearted podcast. Uh, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was just. Hey, you were thank pre- you guys so much for sticking to the end. Thank you. This was a long one, but I'm going to cut out all the spoilers that Patrick did for Black Panther at the beginning, so it might not be as long. <laughs> Good. Good call. Anyway, thank so, you all uh, for you listening. Wanna, you you oh, should put the spoilers at the end of the episode. I should. I'll just throw them in after the music because who listens after the music? Not me. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.